want to thank uh, Tyler and Alex. Yeah, we have two Alexes on the stage. It'll never be the same, that's for sure. Church, is an exciting time for us as God continues to work, and thank you for all those who come out Saturday to help again to uh, get our new campus ready and our new building ready. We're excited about what God is doing, and uh, thank you for all your hard work, and we still got a ways to go. Uh, I, as uh, <coughs> Christy said earlier, that uh, May the, uh, May the, I feel like May right now, uh, March the 20th is the day that we're planning on having our first service over there. Uh, between now and then, we've got a lot of work to do. So if you can help us out any days during the week, uh, please uh, let Charles know and he'll uh, hook you up and uh, let you know what you can do, okay? Um, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17. Amen. Amen. As we continue our series, and this will be our last message in this series, uh, concerning Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner, which the Lord is our victory. Uh, in Exodus chapter 17, verse 8, the Bible says, The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to, the fight, to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. May God bless the reading of his holy and precious word. This morning, as I shared with you a little bit last week, and I want to sort of continue from last week's message, is that life brings to us moments. We have those moments in life, and, and there are all kinds of moments that come our way. And what we do in those moments will determine a lot about what our future ends up being. Uh, in life, you're going to have those moments where you are attacked. You're going to have those moments where conflict comes your way. It's inevitable. It's all of life. Amen? And the reality is that when you have those moments, what is it that you do? I believe in the passage today, it shows us a picture of what we as God's children should be doing when conflicts, when attacks come our way. You know the normal way that happens when, when attacks or conflicts come our way. We have a tendency to want to fight in, in a fleshly manner. Or we have a tendency to take flight in a, in a normal way in our life. Or we'll just absolutely just freeze. But God wants us to realize there is another option. When conflict or attack comes your way, you can operate by faith. And when you operate by faith, you get to see the supernatural power of God manifested in your situation. As you find in this situation that the Amalekites have attacked uh, the Israelites. They have uh, uh, been minding their own business and doing what God has called them to. They're on marching towards the promised land of God that God has for them. And yet the Amalekites come and they were a shrewd bunch and they were an evil bunch and they... 
They come to steal, kill, and destroy them. And yet we find how Moses and how Joshua, how they handled the attack their way. In verse 12 it says this, When Moses' hands grew tired, they took up a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. You see, this is what happened. The attack comes, the conflict happens, the combat comes their way, and the way they responded was they went, away to the top of the hill, the top of the mountain, and they began to cry out to God in prayer. Now, let me ask you, this past week, you've had things come your way. How did you respond? Did you start fighting that person? Uh, did you just take off and say, I, I'm running, I'm out of here, I can't handle this, I'm just out of here? Or did you just freeze, and, or, or did you by faith say, you know, God, you know about these Amalekites. You know about what's happening in my life. And God, you have complete authority and complete power over this situation and over these people and over my life. You are the authority of my life. You are the power of my life. And because of your presence in my life, I will by faith cry out to you and trust you to handle the enemies of my life. Amen? That's what God's called us to. Now, this morning... As I was thinking about this, a week or so ago, I had a, had a moment and ended up in the hospital and didn't really understand why I was even there, to tell you the truth. But anyway, I'll never forget as I get home, I look at my phone uh, for just a second. My wife took it away from me. But anyway, uh, I, I got this, uh, several texts, of course, but this text really stood out to me. It was a prayer. And, and it was from one of our, our people here, and uh, Dolly Morris, and uh, and by the way, she's sick today, her and David both. And, uh, but she sent this text to me. It says, do not respond. I am praying for you that as you lie in that hospital bed, you do so declaring, thinking about the Lord Jesus and your faith in him through every moment of this. It is your God kind of faith that will overwhelm your fear and give the rest you need for the exact amount of time you need it. The devil wants to destroy us when we are constantly crying out with faith to our God, but the devil can go straight back to hell. Right now, devil be gone from there. Get out of Alvin's way because he has submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ and you have no power over him. He is being restored, mind, body, and soul, and belongs to Jesus. He is about the Father's work. Sickness and stress and disease are all your weapons, devil. Jesus has overcome every one of those, and he lives inside of Alvin and is ruling and restoring him to complete health and comfort in these very moments. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, amen. I wanted to get out of the bed and run around, but I couldn't get out <laughs> at that moment. But I can tell you it lifted my spirit, I can tell you that. That's what I'm talking about, church, is that you have the greatest power of any human being on earth, and that is the power of prayer. Listen, don't let those circumstances overwhelm you. You speak to that mountain and be gone, because why? You have authority over it, because you are in Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is in you, amen? Let us get a hold of that church. 
I promise you, we can impact our community and our world if we'll remember that. This morning, as we look at our text, I want to sort of pay homage to a person in our text. Most of us in here have heard of Moses and know a good bit about Moses. And most of us in this room know a good bit about Joshua and, and know what a mighty man he was. And many of us in this room know about Aaron. <clears throat> he is the older brother of Moses, by the way. But how many of us know anything about her? Today, I want to pay homage to the hers in the crowd. I, I, I want to honor all those who are willing to take the second seat. This morning, I, I want to share with you three truths about people like her. Her spelled H-U-R, not H-E-R, by the way. There's three things I want you to get about the hers of every church. Number one, they are critical to the work of God. They are critical to the work of God. Now I want you to think about this. Lifting the arms of Moses, that's what her is known for. Just simply lifting the arms of Moses... You see, Moses didn't have the strength. Remember the story says, Moses is lifting up the staff of God, and as he was, they were winning down here. But as every leader knows, and everybody's ever walked with God at any length of time, you get tired. And you just feel like, I can't do it. I can't do it today. And yet, when they saw this, Aaron and Hur said, hey, I know what we can do. We can do this. We can go up there. You hold up one arm. I hold up the other arm. And while they were doing that, you know what happened? Victory was won. Why? Because the hers of every church is critical to the work of God. Hers are very, very, very important. You see, Moses didn't have the strength. Joshua wouldn't have been able to carry out the victory in the battle if it were not for her. I want you to know there are an army of hers in this church. And I want to recommend and commend them this morning. Thank you for being the hers. Because you see, they are essential, absolutely indispensable to the work of God. You see, as you look in the scriptures, you find Jesus had some who helped hold his hand as he ministered as well. You see, the church would be nothing if it weren't for those people who spend time in lifting up their pastor and others in prayer. I can tell you, you know why your pastor has been kept from temptation, from falling into temptation and falling into sin? And not being a, 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 a disgrace, you're praying for me. I know how weak I am. I know how weak we all are. And I know I stand here today and I'll, I'll stand for the future because I know I have a church that's praying. 
And because of that, I'm able to storm the gates of hell as I bow before God and cry out to Him, God, give us insight. God, give us wisdom. God, give us direction. God, give us protection. God, give us provision. God, You are our only hope. I'm trusting in You. As we together do that, you see, God brings us together as one, with one heart, with one mind, one faith, one purpose. We're moving together because we together will be a people who praise. Thank you for the hers that lift up the pastor, lift up the leadership in this church. I especially thank this morning three ladies that have taken as their charge to pray for their pastor. And I know they pray for me all the time. Josie Molina, Charlene Howell, and Dre Walker. They're a blessing to me. They're always communicating with me. And how am I doing? What can I pray for you about? It means the world to me. I don't take it for granted. I know what a huge blessing it is. But the hers, they're critical to the work of God. They're invaluable. Second truth I want you to see here this morning is this. Not only are they critical to the work of God, but they are committed to the work of God. The hers of the church are committed to the work of God. These are the people who have the ability to assist and support others in practical ways. And they are behind the scenes. They're the ones that cause the public ministries to run smoothly and effortlessly. You see, Her did what one thing he could do. That one thing he could do is lift up Moses You know, you may not get excited about that, but I do. You see, not everyone can preach. Not everyone can teach. Not everyone can sing. Not everyone can play instruments. Not everyone can share the gospel presentation. Not everyone has visible jobs. The Lord has placed each one of us in the body as was pleasing to him. You are valuable. You are significant. You see, these folks are like those who stay out of the spotlight. They don't want it or like to be the center of attention. These folks look at the task in the church as an opportunity to do something for the Lord and the church which they love and are committed to. They are determined to do something. Sometimes they feel inadequate in spiritual leadership. They love to, to mow grass, to, to fix the plumbing, to make cakes, to sew clothes for someone. But, but they are sometimes afraid of spiritual things such as leading a Bible study or teaching or praying in public. Sometimes people in church get on to them for not doing spiritual things. Let me tell you something. Some of these people are just as spirit-filled as anyone else. And hear this to me. Hear, hear this this morning. Serving others, my friend, 
is the most spiritual thing you can do. It's the most spiritual thing you can do. We have many hers in our family that are committed to the work of God. Tracy Davis, James Simpson, Geraldo Molina, Charles Evans. These guys are invaluable to me because of their willingness to be a her. I can't thank them enough. Amen? Their commitment is like a rock. And boy, I tell you, the pastor of any church needs a lot of rocks. Amen? And you see, God is taking these stones, as we all are living stones, and he's building something very special. And I just want you to know, you're special. You're significant. And you're a huge blessing to this pastor. What a blessing. And like I said, there's an army of hers in this church. And I just want to commend you and thank you for that. But you see, the hers are critical to the work of God. They're committed to the work of God. And they are contributors to the work of God. What a blessing. You see, you know what I love about this story is if you study, and, I, and I, I go back to try to figure out all these people is and go to these lineages and figure out where they come from and all this, that, and the other. And, and uh, I'll just share a little information. Later on down the, the line, the history of Israel got, uh, God needed someone to build the tabernacle and provide a place where the Lord could meet with his people. Now, I'm going to throw a name out you, at you. You think her is a name that you hadn't heard before. How about this one? Bezaliel. Yeah, what? He was the grandfather of her. Her was his grandson. You see, I'm sure he watched his grandfather serve the Lord, serving Moses and Aaron and others he watched as he took the back seat to Moses and Joshua and Aaron as they got all the credit but behind the scenes his grandfather was willing to serve God in a quiet fashion that helped bring the great victory to pass think about it his grandfather got to build the tabernacle You know, this little project that we're doing, it's been mind-boggling for your pastor. But to the hers in our congregation, it's a cup of tea to them. They just think their pastor is crazy for the timelines that I give. <laughs> but hey, they're gifted. And they serve. And they enjoy it. And it, it just, 
rocks my socks. I just want you to know that. Listen to me this morning. There is no menial task in the kingdom. They are constantly contributing to the work of God. They give their talent, they give their time, and they give their treasure. You know why? Because they committed to the one who instigated the work of God. They love him. And because they love him, they love his church, and they're willing to do whatever it takes to make it happen. And I can tell you, they have sacrificed way beyond what you could even think or imagine. I know they'll be glad, their wives will be glad to have them back. I think. <laughs> but what a blessing. What a blessing. And I just commend them today. Hear me this morning. Every deed is an investment in eternity. Amen? Every deed. Every deed. I just want to say this this morning. To all the hers, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You see, as we move forward from this building to our new building, we're going to need a boatload of them. You see, there is a lot of work to be done. You know why there's a lot of work to be done? It's not just so much just the physical building. We got a lot of folks to reach. Pastor told me the other day, he said, you know, I was told it's almost 90% of the people just in Columbia County unchurched. Well, I know of 240 houses that we're going to be canvassing just off of Blanchard Road. And it's going to take all of us to do it. Okay? It's going to take all of us. And I believe with all my heart, listen, as we march forward, as we move in our new location, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And I can tell you the incredible sacrifice that's going on over there already, it's amazing to me. And I, you know what I love about it is that even those who are sacrificed may not feel like at times that they're appreciated, although I hope you are and hope you know this. God's taking note of every little thing you've done. And I'll promise you, He will show you how much He appreciates it. Amen? And today, I just want to give you a great big applause. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We need you moving forward. I need you moving forward. I, listen, I, I, I tried to uh, uh, do some, uh, <clears throat> some mudding the other day. We need you. We need you. <laughs> James got back. He says, I don't know who did this, but they ought not do this no more. Charles did it. <laughs> oh, boy. Thank God for the gifts that God's given his church. What a blessing. As we move forward, I want to encourage you with this. 
This is an exciting time for us. It's a, it's a new beginning for us in a lot of ways. You realize that we're moving from something that, was, that we're leasing to something that we're now owning. So, church, I'm telling you this. You are now going to become an owner. Amen? And you've got to take ownership of where we're going, okay? The best is yet to come. It's going to take all of us working together as one. Amen? Maybe you're here today and you feel insignificant. Maybe you feel like, you know, nobody cares about me, that I'm really nothing, I can do nothing. I don't have that talent or this talent. But my friend, I want to let you know, you have talent. And God's given us all a talent. Amen? All I'm asking you to do is just give it to the Lord and then say, Pastor, what is it that I can do? Here's my talent. What can I do to help build the kingdom of God? Because that's what we're all about. I encourage you today to know this, that God loves you, God's got a plan for you, and God has purposely given you the talent, the gift, and ability He's given you so that you can use it for the glory of God. And I want to encourage you to use it. This church needs it. This church needs you. Amen? So as we move forward, all the hers out there, thank you. For all those who don't even feel like they're significant, I want to tell you, thank you. Every little help, hour at a time, whatever you can give, is appreciated. As your pastor, I don't notice everything, but I try to notice almost as much as I can anyway. And I'll let you know how much I appreciate you. And if I hadn't, you let me know. I'll stand corrected and repent. I can promise you that. But my heart is to let you know we're in this together. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you with all I got. Father, we're here to recognize and honor you because you are the God who's building this church. And we love you with everything that we have. And and we're so thankful, Lord, that we can do that because you love us with everything that you had. You gave your all, God. And I just pray that this day would stimulate that brother, that sister, and realizing how significant they are. That we're all living stones. And you need many of those to build your church. And Lord, we're thankful that as you building our church with these living stones... It's just the beginning of the incredible greatness that's going to be displayed through this church. All because of the great one, Jesus Christ. Father, maybe today is a day that somebody has never met Jesus Christ. Maybe this will be the day that they recognize and know that Jesus came. He lived and he died. And he was raised from the dead three days later. He ascended to heaven and he's coming back again. Until then, he has given us the Holy Spirit of God who is present with us right now in this place. He is beckoning you, brother. He's beckoning you, sister, to come, to come home, come home where he is waiting with open arms to let you know, I love you with all my heart. Come, I pray. Lord, have your way this invitation.